Digital content that educates, empowers, and inspires people over 50. You're listening to the Internet Over 50 Digital Network. Hey, it's Chris coming up this week on the Pickleball Show. You might not That's have right, any I'll time. That's right. I'll be too busy to talk to you. Yeah, I can't talk to you, Chris. I'm going to be too busy winning the whole darn thing. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? That's coming up next. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Hey, it's CJ, and here's the guy that inspires every left-handed pickleball player everywhere to switch to right-handed. It's Chris Allen. Live from the Internet Over 50 Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, this is The Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen. Joining me today from Collingwood, Ontario, Canada, a couple of hours north of Toronto, the home of thirdshotsports.com, North America's top pickleball coach, Mark Renison. Hey, Mark. Hello, Chris. How you doing? Doing great, man. It was so great to have you down here in Asheville for Pickleball Summit. We really had a good time with you. It was amazing. It was such a treat. I hadn't been in that part of North Carolina before, and it was a real treat for me. Got to see Sierra Nevada, see some mountains and stuff like that. Well, yeah, that's right. And even afterwards, I headed to Tennessee for a little bit. And that drive through the country, it's, uh, it's remarkable. Yeah, you go through the Smokies, head down I-40 through Knoxville and everything. It's really pretty down there. Can't wait to go back. Nice. Well, we look forward to having you back. Wanted to find out today maybe maybe some things that you noticed because we had 72 people from all over the country there at Pickleball Summit. And I thought that you might have picked up on some common themes, maybe some, some common mistakes that you kept seeing over and over again, no matter what skill level people were at. Because we had a, a 3-0 and under, we had a 3-5, another 3-5 group, and then a 4-0 and over. And sometimes you, you notice some commonalities no matter where you are. So I thought maybe you could share some of those today and maybe help some people who didn't get a chance to attend Pickleball Summit. Sure. One of the most common things that I came across was, you know, if people were playing games or or little mock points and I, if I stopped them and interrupted and said, all right, let's stop right here. What were you trying to do with that ball? And this could have been right after someone hit a serve or a return or some sort of third shot or any time. And you say, what were you trying to do there? Mm-hmm. One of the common answers, and I understand it, is... I don't know. I I was just trying to hit it. Just trying to keep it and in. Just trying to keep it in play. I didn't have just a, trying. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just trying to keep it in play. And this is most common at the lower levels, but you do sometimes see it even with more skilled players at higher levels. But it's really important that players of all levels, as much as they can, they hit a shot with an intention. And so whether that's you're hitting your serve to try to push the returners back, or whether you're aiming for a weakness like a backhand, whether you're hitting your return to isolate the weaker of your opponents, or you're hitting a third shot drive, for example, because you suspect that one of the volleyers isn't so strong. Whatever the reason is, it's important that we have a clear intention, (laughs) that there's a rationale behind what we do rather Uh than I don't know. I was just hitting it. Yeah, I was trying to avoid embarrassment. I was just trying not to hit into the net. That's usually... Yeah, just just trying to survive. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't matter what the reason is, just have one. 
Yeah, exactly. And so I thought, um, you know, it's one of my favorite things to work with players. And mentally, it's tough for them because you're going from sort of being in a, in a totally reactive mode into one where there's planning that goes on. And, you know, especially at higher levels where the ball moves quicker and you have less time to, to be clear on your plan and to execute it. It's a challenge. But I love seeing how much improvement players make once they, they don't always make the shot, right? If I'm trying to serve to someone's backhand, I might miss, it might go wide, or it might go in the middle of the court, or even to the forehand. But at least there's some improvement where they're having that plan, that intention. How do you go about, I guess, changing somebody from a reactive or defensive game plan into an offensive game plan? I remember talking about this with Matthew Blom before, where you want to go to where you kind of like you're you're writing the script. Instead of being an actor on the stage and somebody's moving you around, you want to be the director or the screenwriter. And it's like, well, now I I'm in control and I'm moving people around. I'm telling them what to do. I'm dictating the point. Uh, how do you make that switch? Well, I think it starts with being aware of what you're doing or what you're not doing. And so that's why I like playing points or, you know, if someone sends me a video to do some video analysis, you say, what, what were you trying to do here? Because as an observer, right, if I'm just watching people play, I don't necessarily know what's going on inside their head, right? They were trying to hit to position A, but they actually hit to position B. So the first thing is to make sure people are aware that if someone were to stop you right now and said, hey, what was your plan right here? If you don't have an answer, then that's a sign that you need to work a little bit more on on thinking about what you're doing. Okay. One of the things that we like to do uh, in our clinics is, especially if you're playing doubles, let's say I'm serving. We make a rule that sometimes, at least, you have to tell your partner where you're serving. I'm serving to the body, I'm serving to the T, I'm serving out wide, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But that way it forces the server to have a plan rather than just, I'm going to hit it in. Oh, uh, okay. You can do the same thing with the returners, right? Before someone uh, hits their serve to you, you could just whisper to your partner, hey, I'm going to hit this one back cross court, or I'm going to send this ball high down the line. Whatever it is, just getting in the habit and and when you have to tell your partner what you're doing, that forces a little bit of accountability. That's great. Once you get into one of those sort of bang, bang rallies at the net, you know, things can get a little bit chaotic, right? And so mm -hmm. there, there is going to be more reacting in those situations. But the first three shots, the serve, the return, and that third shot, those really can all be pre-planned for the most part, right? I'm serving, I'm going to serve out wide, or I'm going to return down the center, and I'm going to hit a third shot drop cross court, those things can be planned and you could have a little bit of conversation before every point with your partner just to sort of keep you honest and keep you focused on on doing something with an intention. Good deal. What's something else, Mark, that you noticed at Pickleball Summit that you think could help everybody across the board? One of the biggest improvements that people made is when you is when you get them to really focus on moving. Sometimes a gentle reminder works, and sometimes it takes a little more tough love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I know that wasn't aimed at anybody uh, in particular, not at me or anything <laughs> like that. It's funny you That's bring that up, because there, there's a thing that you said to me uh, months ago, and it just kind of stays in my head. Great players aren't great because they're good at reaching. It's because they're good at moving. Right. I right. love that. Because um, I always think, oh, I can just, I'm going to be lazy and I can just bend over. I can reach that. I'll get that. I don't want to have to actually move my feet. And and I hear you coming up. Ah, 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 Chris. Great players are great because they're great at moving, not at reaching. The margin for error can be so small, right? If Let's say I'm, I'm playing a drop or a dink. I've got to be so precise with whether I hit the, you know, the speed I hit, the height I hit, the direction I hit. 
And that precision requires really good control of the paddle. Well, think about it this way. When you send text to people on your phone, do you ever send the text while you're going for a jog? Of course not, right? Because it's so hard to be precise if you're moving at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the same thing applies when you're hitting a shot in pickleball, especially the ones that require precision. If you're still moving as you hit it, it's possible that you send the ball well. The same way it's possible that I send a, the right text to my wife when I'm running. But my chance for making a mistake goes way up the more that I'm moving as I'm hitting. And so to focus on pickleball not being primarily about hitting the ball, but being primarily about moving to the ball, I think makes a big difference. And so what we saw at the summit was that when people were reminded about moving, and sometimes gently and sometimes a little bit more loudly, that pickleball is an athletic sport. It requires moving. And look, you can play pickleball and not move very much, but you'll be a low-level player. So when you look at the top players out there, including the coaches that we had, Lucy Kovalova or Matt Blom or Brian Staub or any of these other top players, it's worth spending a bit of time, especially if you see them in person, not watching the ball go back and forth, but just watching them. Watch how they move, especially when they don't have the ball. And it's so instructive. It's so clear that how well you move on the court will be, if not a clear indicator of how well you play, at least it'll be a clear influencer of how well you can play. Well, I remember the first time you and I played against each other in Indianapolis for that pickleball summit, and uh, I just couldn't believe how much time it seemed like you had. You set up so quickly. Yeah, I th- you know, I've been accused a couple of times before where we have this conversation in a clinic or at the summit, and someone says, yeah, well, Mark, we're not all in our 30s and can uh. move as easily as you can or some of the other. And I get it. And I realize that, you know, everyone has their own sort of limitation for how quickly they can move, how fast they can change directions, how high they can jump, etc. I get it. But one thing that everyone can control is given their physical abilities, they can put in 100% effort to move to that ball. They can care when they step on that court about moving as well as they can. And so even if I'm someone who it takes me a little bit longer to get to the kitchen line, okay, well, fine, I play a higher return and I give myself that time. But I guess the point that I'm trying to emphasize is that we can all put in 100% effort to moving, whatever our 100% may be. That's a great way to put it. Very nicely done. Now, what else, uh, what's happening for uh, Third Shot Sports? I know you're headed down to Naples. You're gonna do some US Open action here coming up shortly, right? Yes, yeah, this is a really busy time here for us. So I'm heading down to Naples shortly for the US Open, both as a competitor and of course that's where I collect a lot of the footage that we use for our videos throughout the year. I'm quite certain that we're going to have some new exciting players coming on the scene, so I'm looking forward to that. Doing other things, I'm we've got another ebook that's coming out shortly. We've got a guide for coaches that's coming out shortly, so anyone out there who's doing some instructing on their own who'd like a little bit of support and some resources, that's coming out. But U.S. Open is is the big deal that's coming up. Well, it was so great to talk to you and get your firsthand reports uh, in nationals in November uh, in Arizona. Uh, if you have uh, the time, and I know you've got a bunch of stuff going on while you're down in Naples, but we'd love to check in with you and get some live on-the-scene reports from you at uh, U.S. Open as well, if that's okay with you. Oh, I'd love to do it. It's always fun to talk with you, and it's always fun to, you know, if anyone has a chance to 
go down to whether it's us open or some of these other big tournaments uh you know you get to watch the pros play in person just the energy at these events is amazing so i'm more than happy to talk with you and and tell you what's going on down there or you might have you might just be you know playing all the way till the end you might be in the zing zang championship court or something so you might not have any time i'll be too busy to talk to you yeah i can't talk to you chris i'm gonna be too busy winning the whole darn thing (laughs) wouldn't wouldn't that be nice but i'll tell you what whether i'm whether i'm uh playing in it or more likely not uh, i'll definitely be there to watch and i'll be taking tons of video so people um can look forward to some fresh video of their favorite players coming up soon that's great and if you're not already go ahead and take this opportunity to get on mark's email list so you don't miss any of those videos go over to thirdshotsports.com and subscribe. Also check out the uh, the ebook that is out right now, the uh, Drills and Games Guide, which is really good and uh, lots of stuff happening and uh, always a pleasure to talk to you, Mark. Have fun in Naples and we'll check in with you there. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you soon. And thank you for joining us today as well. Thank you, CJ Germstead, our official announcer. And uh, what were your thoughts on what we talked about today or do you have a, uh, a topic suggestion for a future show well, we'd love to hear from you mail at pickleballshow.com that's mail at pickleballshow.com head over to itunes if you get a chance hit that subscribe button you'll never miss an episode of the show plus we'd like to have you as a member of pdx club you'll get money saving deals on equipment travel a whole lot more you'll get uh, our top 10 tips from pickleball's three greatest coaches That'll take your game to the next level. That's freepbxclub.com. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Digital content that educates, empowers, and inspires people over 50. You're listening to the Internet Over 50 Digital Network.